0: Well, good morning, New Hope. That was pathetic. Good morning, New Hope. Right, we're on to it. As you came in, you should have received an outline. and encourage you to take that out. And if you're visiting with us today, we just want to say welcome. We're super glad that you came. We're in a series called Building Strong Families. And that, we're taking a fresh new, new look at the Ten Commandments. Today, we're in part five. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this series, specifically today on this subject, it is no secret that marriages are under stress at an alarming rate. In fact, the average US marriage where I lived quite a bit of my life, it lasts 7.5 years. In fact, one day I met a woman she said, Hi, my name is Wendy and this is my fifth husband. I nearly fell over. That is not God's will, just in case we miss that. Neither is it God's will not to be married in terms of not cohabitating. That is God's will, not to cohabitate. In New Zealand, the average marriage lasts how long? Come on, you statisticians, help me out here. 14 years. 14 years. So if you made it longer than 14 years, turn to your partner and say, We're above average. (laughs) Now here's a sobering fact, just in case any of you get any funny ideas. This is science. The Bible says get the facts at any price. Here's the second point. Never forget and give counsel to your friends. 60% of second marriages fail very quickly. And it gets worse the more marriages you have. Another day for that. Today we're going to look at the fifth commandment. We're in a series, Building Strong Families. Exodus 20:12. If you've got your Bibles, crack them open. The Word of God is something that you should always value and encourage. Exodus 20, 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land. Just what Grant's just read. Now, I noticed something about that verse. Straight off the bat. There is no age limit on that verse. Did you notice that? It doesn't say, hey, just as you are kids, honor your mother and father. Now, you've got to ask a question. Some of you in this room are considering Christianity, and you wonder, why in the world would God say that? Why did he put that command in the top ten, by the way? Why did he do that? And how does that apply to us today? Well, three reasons, and the first one is that there's no such thing as perfect parents. You may want to make some notes as we go along. There are no perfect parents. Every one of us has weaknesses and inconsistencies that we don't even like about ourselves. Only God is perfect. You are not. God is perfect and you are not. None of us had perfect parents and you are not perfect parents either and neither am I. <clears throat> now the fact is, and the tough fact is, some of our parents are unworthy of honor. Why? because some of them, like my dad, were neglectful or abusive, were manipulative, were very neglectful. Now, if that's the case, like it was for me, and it is for many of you, what am I supposed to do with this verse? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to ignore the pain that I felt? When my daddy was going to come and pick me up and he never showed up? Am I supposed to just ignore the pain and, you know, grin and bear it, put on the happy face and pretend everything's all right? Absolutely no. That is not what God's asking for. I'm going to talk about that later. So I just want to head off that thought before you go too far down that path. Now, we're going to come to that later on in the message. But God is saying this. I want you to honor the position of the parent honor the position of the parent, regardless of the personality behind it. See, there are three authorities that God has put in this world, three sources of authority. Number one is the home. Number two is the church. Number three is government. Each has a different role and is necessary for an orderly society. Second reason we should look at this is respect for authority begins at home. Respect for authority begins at home. Now, some kid who grows up with the attitude, nobody tells me what to do, is going to find it very hard to hold down a job. They're going to have a very tough time having a relationship with a wife or a husband. They're going to have a tough time in their career. And there's going to be constant fractured relationships around them. Friends, many times you have to do what somebody tells you to do, and they need to learn that at home. Because if you don't teach them at home, they're going to go out into the world, and boy, they're going to get some more than bloody noses. Because when the boss says, do it, you do it, and you'd say, on the way up, how high? There's got to be boundaries around that, as you have been here a while, no. But there are hard lines in the sand. God wants your children and your grandchildren to learn respect in the home first. I want to just point something out to this. So he wants you to learn to respect authority. Now, if you have the huh, uh, the occasion to visit a court and you're there and you see a judge, you don't know, say, Hi Jim. You you address the judge as your honor. Now the moment you say your honor, you're not making a value judgment about the guy's character. He could be a flat out jerk, but you're showing respect for the position of the judge. So God puts parents in authority over us in the early ages, so we're to respect that. And thirdly, how I relate to my parents will affect every other relationship. I'll explain that a little later on too. It is a major forming factor in your life. And your style of relating is often set in your home. Sidebar. Parents, I get it. I've got four grandkids, so I know what that's like too. Today, you're going to have to be careful, I haven't got it with me, with these things. They will stunt your kid's ability to relate. If you you let them use that in an unbounded manner, you need to encourage normal stuff playing out. Frisbees, rugby, whatever. But sure, I'm not saying being ascetic about it. I'm saying balance that with relationships. Otherwise, I was dealing with one parent yesterday who was tortured that their kid doesn't relate to other kids. First question, Dad, do you play with your kid? No. He's getting thrown at the class. Have you sat in that class and seen how your kid behaves? Be careful of those devices. Screens, screen time. Get it? Great. Let's move on. Sometimes what happened as our childhood has an effect today as a grown-up. When you act in ways you don't understand and can't figure it out, many times it's because you're still reacting to what happened in your home life and to your parents. And many marriages, are ruined because the spouse has never resolved a relationship issue with their parent and they end up taking that that dysfunction out on their wife or their kids and end up saying things like, you're just like my dad. You're just like my mother. And things like that. And that doesn't help. Now, surveys, factual surveys, have shown that people who get along with their parents have far less stress in their lives. So today, as we kick this off, How do exactly I honour my father and my mother? Now, that depends upon what stage of life you're in. You apply it differently. Whether you're a child, a young person, or an adult. Now, let's kick off with a child. So it doesn't matter who you are, this message will affect you. As a child, I honour my parents, as a little one, by obeying and respecting them. By obeying and respecting them. So where's the biblical authority for that? It's found here in Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. Now, what does obey mean? Let me be real clear. And this might be helpful to you to just know what this means. Obey means to obey willingly, pleasantly, and immediately. Let me say that again. To obey means to obey willingly, pleasantly, and obediently. Now, the Bible teaches something, very important principle. As long as you are under your parents' roof, you are to obey them. As long as you are dependent upon them for food, and boy, oh boy, my kids used to go through 21 liters of milk a week. So I was, they would do it differently. That was just one item. Nathan had come home, and my wife, I'd come home and say, Honey, what are we having for tonight? She said, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, why is there a chicken on the bench? She said, oh, that's for Nathan's afternoon tea. <laughs> so I supplied my family well, as you can see. Looks like you've been doing a good job here too. <laughs> so as long as your children are under your roof, and they're dependent upon you for food and clothing and shelter, Let me be clear. You have a right to call the shots. Get it? Get it? Good. Do not forget that. As a parent, don't worry, there's other things coming. When you're out on your own, that's different. Two. As a young person, as you mature from a child into a young person, how do I honor my... What does that look like? So we're clear about the application of Scripture. As a young person, I honor my parents when you're out of their home by accepting and appreciating them. Accepting and appreciating them. As a young adult, when you move out on your own, something happens. The older you get, reflect on this the more you start to see their faults and their hang-ups the things that bog them down but the bible says we're to accept them in spite of their weaknesses and their foibles now let me be clear again what does acceptance mean acceptance means not does not mean does not mean does not mean pretending they're perfect they're not God is perfect and we are not. The Word of God is perfect and we are not. Acceptance does not mean ignoring their mistakes. Acceptance does not mean agreeing with all that they did. Acceptance, on the other hand, on the positive side, includes a couple of things I want to note, take note of. As Grant alluded to, part of acceptance means and realising that God used them to bring you into this world. Your parents may have been excellent. Your parents may have been mediocre, or your your parents may have been derelict, poor. But regardless of how they treated you, regardless of their lack of parenting skills, the fact is they gave you something that nobody else could have given you, life. God chose them and their 23 chromosomes and that 23 chromosomes and put them together to specifically make you. And you wouldn't be here without them. I often tell that to divorce couples when they've got kids involved, I said, "No matter what, He is still that kid's father." Fact. Second, acceptance means listening what they have to say. When you're on your own, let me be real clear about this too. You are not bound by their advice. A man should should leave his um, mother and a woman, leave her home, and the two shall become one. You create your own culture, and ultimately... Do you want to flick that onto the other thing so you can pick that up for the online team? Okay. When you are on your own, you are not bound their advice, but you should listen to what they say, and do not despise what they say. The Bible says here: "Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother." He's saying, hey, you can disagree with them, but friend, learn how to disagree agreeably. Respectfully. Learn how to disagree agreeably. Listen to them. Pay them the courtesy of listening. That's part of acceptance. The other part of acceptance, and this is a big one, it includes forgiveness. The fact is we often hurt those who we love the most. In fact, those who are closest to us, we often hurt the most. Have you noticed how around the office, most of the time we're very polite, but around home, the attitude can change. We often show more patience with those in the office or complete strangers than those in our own home. Something ain't right there. Now today, families must be built on forgiveness because we hurt each other. We do. And today it's not very popular to honor your parents, but instead, to do something else. Oh, well, we blame them. We blame them for our lack of progress. We blame them for X, Y, and Z. That is, I've always said, when you blame somebody, you are being lame. Take responsibility for yourself. That's what scriptures encourage. The Bible says this if you curse your parents, your life will end like a lamp that goes out in the dark. Friends, what that's getting at there is this whole deal of getting bitter with people. Bitterness is self-destructive. It hurts you far more than the person you're bitter against. And even today, if you're being resentful and you're getting a sense of bitterness about the things that your parents did to you in the past, friend, that is a huge mistake because you are letting them control your life today. You know, you hear things like this, even with, with kids and parents, you make me mad. You make me so mad. Well, what you're doing is you're admitting they have control over you. Don't do that. Don't give them that power. So we are to accept our parents and not despise them. Summarize this. Two, we're to listen to what they are say, to have to say. Don't necessarily agree, but we give them the courtesy of listening. And we can offer forgiveness. Now, the fact is God gave you, your parents, for a purpose, even those of you who were neglected like my brothers and I, from my dad. Now, what does God say He wants you to do? Does He want you to honour their sins? Oh, no, of course not. Does He want you to honour their weaknesses and their bad habits? No. But He is saying, accept the fact that God used them to bring you into this world, and God can bring good out of bad. He specialises in bringing beauty out of ashes, the things that were trashed. Now, look at the life where all of my three brothers are serving God full-time in a place where my dad was an alcoholic, my mum had terrible health, she hadn't got enough money to buy a lipstick, and yet God has used, because when we came to him, he lifted her, he lifted our family. God specialises in bringing beauty out of ashes. So God can bring good out of it if you react the right way. So you honour your parents when you forgive them, for what they did wrong and you choose to focus on what they did right there's some things in my uh, in my dad's life that he did very well and that's what i focus on the positive think on those things that are good and wholesome and of good repute deuteronomy 26 says this be grateful for the good things that the lord has given you and your family be grateful that's another thing lacking today gratefulness for what we have all I have to do is hop on a plane, or watch what my daughter's doing with a million refugees in Bangladesh, and I think, what's my problem? What is my pro-? get over myself? Be grateful for the good things that the Lord has given you and your family, because it's easy to take even our parents for granted. Now, I would suggest there are at least two things you can appreciate your parents regardless of who they were. Number one, you can appreciate their effort. Their effort. Friends, parenting is a difficult and time-consuming job. It takes inordinate amounts of energy, sometimes to just get the kids in the car and find their shoes and socks and everything. Have you ever considered, for example, how much easier your parents' lives would have been without you? (laughs) Oh boy, I have done for me. You know, the grey hairs when I, my dear mum had, when I nearly burnt our house down. <laughs> and then when she was, when the police arrived at work with me in the back seat, not a good move. Shame of the ultimate, what are you going to do? You know, when the school calls up and there's that sinking feeling in mum's heart, what has Ian done again? Or Pat, or Mike, or oh, Mike was a goody two-shoes. <laughs> It was Mike and I cleaning up all the dirty work that Mike got the level. Pat and I were into it. Here's a question. When was the last time you thanked your parents for putting out with you? Second thing you can do is appreciate <laughs> their sacrifice. Parenting is expensive. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of facts. This is some news hub. Now, this admittedly is not the bastion of truth, but it illustrates the point. What's that figure down the bottom? Quarter of a mil. It's expensive to bring up kids. The cost of raising your kid co- could cost you, according to them, about 250k. Someone once said a father is someone who carries pictures where they're in his wallet where he once carried money. <laughs> All I'm saying is when couples choose to have kids, they are choosing to do without something else. And I sent this to my whole family this week, this next one, which blew me out of the water. This is a Florida super mum. All right? A Florida supermum. I said to my boys. Harden up. (laughs) She has got 16 kids. There they all are. Take a good look. 10 daughters. How's that? Grab your book. Ten daughters. Six sons. Twelve of them are her own. And four of them adopted. She homeschools them. And, wait for it, 88 sport practices a week. (laughs) And you think you've got issues. (laughs) Amazing. Point is, appreciate the sacrifice. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 2, when your mother is old, show her your appreciation. And by the way, for dads, that's for mums. I just want to just share something with you. The four stages of a dad's life, here they are. Number one, he believes in Santa Claus. Number two, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Number three, he is Santa Claus, and number four, He looks like Santa Claus. (laughs) We need to appreciate him in all four stages. I'll tell you what, let me just share something very personal. It is a great delight when your children become your best friends. I wouldn't swap that for the world, not for all the jobs that I've had, nothing. Number three. As an adult, so we've done children, we've done young adults, now we're going to look at adults. As an adult, I honour my parents by affirming them and not abandoning them. But for many parents, sadly, the older they get, the less respect they get. Although their affirming friends start to die off, And the marketplace no longer wants their skills or their wisdom. Their grown children are very busy with their own lives and are sold out pretty much to their careers. And raising children, and that leads to lonely lives. Friends, your parents have a great need to know that they made a positive contribution in your life. And you affirm your parents by staying in touch with them. Every time you call and you visit, the contents of that conversation will be be repeated 57,000 times to all of their friends. And they will brag on every one of their kids and every one of their grandkids. Every time you write them an email if they're not in the country or you call them up, You are obeying this command. Jesus wants us to be doers of the word, not just listeners. To honor means to understand the significance of. So I encourage you to share with them the details of your life. Not, hi, son, how are you doing? Fine. That is not what they want to hear You want to give them the headlines because you're so stinking busy. They want the fine print. (laughs) Now, I know it takes effort. I'm not kidding anybody there. We all know. Come on. And then sometimes when they tell a story, they tell a story in infinite detail. Have you noticed that? Because they want you to savor the moment with them. The Bible says we are to treasure and hold in high esteem our aged parents. This underscores the principle which is in this verse here in Proverbs 327. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to do so. Don't keep putting it off. Oh, I'll we'll get there, i will get there. He's saying, Do the right thing now while you have time to do it. Affirm your parents now. Let me say something very sobering. Still fairly fresh in my memory. Do not waste your money. Having a bazillion flowers at your mother's or father's funeral. They don't care. Give them those flowers now. Those flowers are for you and the people. Give them now. Don't wait to have a big shin. Look, I'm gonna give you a a reality. It's gonna cost you five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, depends on how you do it, for a funeral. Spend some of that money now. They will appreciate it. We did that for Mum's 80th. Oh, that's it. Mum said that was probably the one of the most beautiful moments in her whole life. I'm glad we took the time. It was flippin' expensive, but you know what? I don't care. If I had my time to do again, I would encourage you. Do it whilst they're here now. Then you can honour them in front of their friends and their family. All the flowers in the world will not do one bit of good for them. Affirming them includes listening to them. This takes patience. This takes time. And you spell love T-I-M-E. Now you may not agree. I get that. But you certainly should listen. Give the courtesy of listening to their thoughts and their counsel. And by the way, listening also applies to in-laws. Oh God, Ian, did you have to say that? Yes, why? Because there's biblical precedence for this. Moses with Jethro, remember? Ruth listening to her mother-in-law. Doesn't mean they have to say you agree, but they do have to listen. The Bible says the way that you treat your older parents is a true demonstration of your true faith. It's part of the basic care and support of your own family member. 1 Timothy 5. Anyone who won't care for his own relatives when they need help, especially his own family, has no right to say he's a Christian. Whoa, that is strong, man. Such a person is worse than the heathen. That's the unbeliever. Tough language. Is anybody unclear about that verse? Today, though, it is a shameful tragedy. Where busy families are a busy... Don't use that word, please, around me. You're busy doing your own deal. Busy families are abandoning the elderly and aged to die all alone in an old people's home. That is absolutely outrageous. The Bible teaches that when parents and grandparents become too old to care for themselves, it is not the government's responsibility. We go, your job. I want to get on with our life. It's yours and mine. This is a cycle of the family. Listen to this, when you're a young kid, and dad's over here, if you'll excuse me being this way around, and you come to a a very difficult situation, you're you're driving the car, and you're coming up to an intersection, some goose over there slams on the anchors, even if you're in the front seat and you get got a safety belt, dad's arms are going to go in front of the kid, right, to protect them. Natural instinct, protect my kid, protect my wife, protect the baby. As time passes, those roles reverse and one day you're sitting in there and they're going to go like this to you. They're going to protect you. At one point you fed them. The time's coming when you will feed them. At one point they provided security for you and took care of you. Now you need to watch out for their security. And God is saying that this is part of being a Christian. Don't fool yourself if you claim yourself to be a Christian and you don't do it. That's faith without works. And the faith without works is... This may mean to you practical application. One, hiring somebody, if you're at the other end of the country, you're in another country, to go mow mum and dad's lawns cut their hedge when it's getting too past them. Don't do it too soon. You do not want to take away their independence. You don't want to nanny them, but you do want to be sensitive to know when it's getting dangerous. Like I came into my mother's bedroom one day and she was hanging curtains up standing on a chair on top of a dresser. I nearly had a blue fit. Mother! Now, we luckily lived near Mum, so we could go around. We mowed her, we we, we cut her hedges, and we did the gardens, us three boys together. There are ways to do it, but make sure that they're not on a limb. Maybe, and have them around for dinner, if you can, if they're close. If you're going past, go have dinner with them. Take them out, whatever it may be. But by the way, if you get the choice, they'd much rather have dinner with you at home. Restaurants are pretty passe for building fellowship. Have them home. Now, many of you are already facing this. Notice this verse. 1 Timothy 5, four. They should put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and their grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. You want to please God? Care for your own family, especially your parents and your grandparents. Don't abandon them. Now, it's also interesting as we wrap this up to me that Jesus, when he was on the cross, dying for your sin and my sin, for the sins of the world, one of the last seven things Jesus said, he said, John, take care of my mum. Take care of my mother. Now, a word to parents now be honorable. If you want to be honored, be honorable. The Bible says this in Ephesians 6 4. Now, a word to you parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, so that don't do that, then he says the, the antithesis of that over here. He says, rather bring them up in loving discipline. What Paul is saying here is don't drive your kids nuts by being unpleasable. That's a stupid mistake. Nobody's perfect, God isn't, and that's alone. If you're driving that, you gotta look at your pride. Are you doing this for your pride, your reputation? Don't drive your kids nuts. Don't try to make your kid another one of you, one's enough. (laughs) Notice the phrase loving discipline because every child must learn two things. Here it is, disobedience brings pain. They need to learn that. God says that. He's built us into the law of sowing and reaping. And the second thing they need to learn is obedience brings freedom. You give them more leash if they obey. If they don't, you pull it in. So as a Christian parent, by the way, your number one goal in life should be to ensure not that your kids are the best soccer players or the best whatever they are, ballet, but that your kids come to know Christ and follow Him as we close, I want to talk to two specific groups this morning. For some of you today, this message has been painful, very painful. Uh, You know why? Because it's easy to honor your mother and father if they were good and godly people. But some of your parents hurt you deeply, and your life was devastated by it. And I want you to know that the Bible says there will be justice. It hasn't come yet, but there will be, and it will be severe judgment. Severe judgment for child abuse, for mistreatment and neglect and molestation and all that kind of horrible stuff. Severe judgment. The Bible says this, Matthew eighteen six. whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and boom, drowned in the depths of the sea. This is serious business. So what does God expect me to do? How do I honor my parent was dishonorable to me? Well, God is not asking you to deny the pain, nor gloss over it, nor repress it, nor make excuses for your parent. He's not asking you to fake it, but to face it. And it's the only way to get past your pain. You have to face your pain. And for many of you today, are you still carrying around unfinished business with your parents. And some of you will still be angry, and you're reacting to that anger. It spills out at work with your kids, but it can't just stop there because you're letting them control them. It takes a courageous decision to confront the situation and the Bible says, where at all possible, as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with those people. Now, they may not have a barrier, but as far as it depends upon you, you're going to leave it. You must release that anger, admit it, don't hide it. It must eventually be brought to the surface in disgust. So that means attempting some type of reconciliation. Now, some of you are going to get a positive uh, result from that, and some of them, people are going to push you away. It doesn't matter. Do it. Because as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. You can't please everybody. So as your pastor, I care about you. Do it while there's time, before it's too late. Now, if you can't talk to your parents because of maybe chemical dependency, or alcohol, or whatever it may be, or they are losing their mind. Share your pain with a Christian friend or counsellor, preferably somebody, and, and there's only a few people you can do that, but do it. And that's for your sake, and for the sake of your kids, that you stop at anger cycle and end it right there. Now, only God knows the pain and the depth of hurt that you feel. He knows and he cares about it. And he can help you. His joy can come in and fill up like a vessel and remove that pain and anger from your heart. And only he can do that. He can bring good out of it. Another group of you were abandoned, the second group, by one or both of your parents. The Bible says, honor them both. And that's a hard thing, by the way, to do, especially with a divorce. You honor the position, not the personality. You are a special person wanted by God. And in the Scripture, God assumes responsibility for abandoned children. A word to those without parents is here. My father and my mother may abandon me, but the Lord will take care of me. So regardless of your circumstances... You have a heavenly Father whose love is perfect. It is not fickle. It is faithful. You can count on it. And He loves you unconditionally, and He will never leave you like that parent did or forsake you. And He wants you in your family, in His family. And He wants you to get to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that the church is a family. And by the way, it's going to long, last far longer than your physical family. In terms of eternity, it's far more important. Those of us who belong to the family of God, the church, will be together forever. And I would invite you to become part of this New Hope Church family, which is one local expression of God's eternal family. And by the way, one of the ways you can do that, if you're interested to learn more, is click on the back of your or tick listen me, click tick, tick on the back of your communication card for class one oh one, which is on April 6th, because it will go on for eternity. Let's pray. You know, today I understand that this is a painful message for some of you. And God sees and he understands your pain. And I invite you, though, today to ask God to help you. In your heart, would you say, God, help me let go of the pain, of the hurt, of the bitterness. Help me to forgive And help me to begin to accept and affirm them. Accept and affirm the good parts in my parents' lives. Would you help me to forge a new and positive relationship, Lord, if that's possible? And may your joy dispel the despair. Maybe today you want to say, Father, I want to be part of your family. And if that's you, say, dear God, thank you that you love me unconditionally. And that you made me for a purpose. Thank you that you'll never reject me. And that you've accepted me. And today, I want to say to you, thank you and I accept you. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. I accept a sacrifice on the cross when you died for my sins. Would you say that in your own mind? I want to be part of your family for eternity. In Jesus' powerful and matchless name we pray.